looking back, if somebody would have helped me and if I'd had the presence of mind to begin praying with men early on in that tenure, I think that would have made the difference. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. Well, welcome to the One Crop Podcast. So great to have all of you today. And I'm Bill Eloff, and I'm really excited uh, to interview uh, a friend of mine. And uh, I think we're going to learn some really cool things today and be encouraged by something. Thrilled today to have Chad, Chad Graves with me. And Chad is a pastor and a church planner, and uh, he's he's got gray hair if you're watching by video uh and and just 18 months ago when he's planted his church it was it was jet black i don't know what happened <laughs> that's not true chad great to have you here with us today good to be here chad's uh, uh planning up in in batesville arkansas which is up in the kind of the northeast north central part of our state and uh they were in an existing compass church that had been a uh a church plant for about 12 years, I think. They had started about 12 years ago and and in prayer felt uh, the desire to plant out of that church. And Chad, tell us just a thumbnail of how that happened. I know you started having prayer meetings and and those grew. And how did you how did you come to realize we need to we need to do this thing? Well, our group of pastors and elders were praying uh, for that direction. And then uh, out of an elders retreat, a time of prayer we discussed and decided let's let's make this known to the church and so that summer we kind of had in our mind that we might have i don't know maybe 20 people that would be interested and we'd go over to a friend of mine's house that lives over there in Southside, and we'd kind of have a good little moment there and but we announced that we were wanting to pray and the first prayer meeting we had 84 people come <laughs> and then the next prayer meeting more and then the next prayer meeting more and so by the end of the summer of those three prayer meetings, we felt pretty confident it was time to, to move forward. So we had, in August, we did four training services over there. And um, that was just to cast vision. And we had kind of broken down our discipleship model into four movements. And so we did that each Sunday. And then in September, we had a preview service and, um, uh, I think we had about 260 come to our preview service, that first service. Mm -hmm. And then we started in October and between October and the first year, we had about a thousand people visit those services. That's so great. we were just kind of grabbing the tiger by the tail at the end of the year, wow. hanging on and um, just really grateful to see. We've got a good, I was just saying earlier that we've got a good number of people that they weren't going to church before mm -hmm. we met them. And mm -hmm. so that group of people, it's been wonderful to become a, a person that loves them and cares about them and past, tries to pastor them. You know, I've, I've been involved in a lot of church planning and we, we train church planners out of our church. And um, one of the most beautiful things is, is going into a community and reaching new people that don't know the gospel, of course, and then also finding Christians that are on the sidelines that are just sitting there, hadn't done anything, hadn't been involved in a church, or even if they have, have done nothing and reclaiming them for the kingdom. And uh, it's a, it's a beautiful thing when that happens. And 
So uh, really, this was initiated in prayer. And uh, and I know, uh, Chad, you you had a, a uh, conversation with one of your kind of leaders in your area, regional associational leader, and he, he challenged you to come have lunch with a crazy guy. So tell us about that. Yeah, when um, Ronnie, our DOM, he said, hey, I think you ought to meet a guy named Bill. And so uh, we came up and had lunch with you. And in that conversation, you told me about how that over the last 25 years, you've been meeting during the week, uh, early in the morning with a group of people and praying with these guys. And I knew as soon as you said it, that that was going to be painful for me. <laughs> I, I wrestled with that all the way back in the car on the way back to Independence County. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I've spent years developing a, a, a rhythm of life to where I get up, I study, I pray, and I don't want that disrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it's been hard fought to get that quiet time and that discipline in place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but by the time I got back to my town, I knew that this was the right move for us. If we're going to create a culture of prayer in our church, then mm-hmm. I'd had, I have to gather some men. And so that's what we did. I just called some guys and said, um, I don't care if anybody else meets, we should meet. And, mm-hmm. and there was eight guys that first prayer meeting, we took second Timothy chapter two, verse two the things we've received, we prayed, Lord, give us what we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, give to, uh, to Timothy, Lord, help it be transferable mm-hmm. and, uh, and find faithful men who are able then to give to others that can teach. Mm-hmm. And we want a culture of prayer and discipleship and mentoring. And, and so that was our first prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. And then over that period of time, the next week, 12 men, the next week, 18 men, then 20 men, then 30 men, then 40 men, and before you know, I had 60 men that were coming in and out of that prayer time. And we went all the way through second Timothy. Now we've gone through, took us 40 prayer meetings to, we took, Don, we took your book on prayer. Uh, and then we took uh, Donald Whitney's book on praying scripture. Mm-hmm. And we just would read the text real simply line upon line, word upon word, precept upon precept. And we'd ask the Holy spirit to prompt us. And I'd ask the men, how is your minds provoked when you read, the, you know, like the other day we were in Titus three, passing our days with uh, no longer passing days with malice and envy, hating and being hated, that kind of sentence. How does that mm-hmm. provoke you? And uh, one of the guys was just squirming in his seat. <laughs> and uh, I said, Keith, you okay? And he said, Oh, I'm not okay. And, uh, and I said, once you turn this into a prayer, and he started praying and he said, God, would you rebuke my heart when I behave this way? Mm-hmm. And I just, I just look at those kind of moments. Those are formative moments in our mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's been a great privilege. We're about to start first Timothy. Titus took us 20 prayer meetings. And this is why I wanted you to be on today, uh, Chad, because uh, there is a, very simple way to begin the turn from a church that doesn't pray to a church that becomes not just a church that prays, but a praying church. Yes. But it has to start with the pastor and the leaders. 
and you got to make a commitment to say we're we're going to meet together and pray. I don't care if there's two guys, five guys, but then most pastors say, well, what do I do? Mm. And number one, the Holy Spirit is more interested in that being successful than you are. But if you can learn how to pray the Scripture, and that is to take a passage of Scripture, read it, make some comments. I, I often say I've done this with our staff uh every every tuesday morning we did it for 20 plus years since the founding of our church uh and then i've done it with a group of men tw twice in the week and then i've done it with our elders so three times a week for all mm -hmm. these years we were meeting and we would take that we would read the scripture and then we say what do, what do you see god saying in this and it wasn't profound i i would have some thought of what i felt like god wanted to say in part of it but we would just talk about it briefly and then we say okay let's pray it in let's let's don't go way off some other place let's just let's just pray this scripture in and the power you know you're you're discipling these men you're teaching them how to do some inductive bible study and then you're teaching them how to pray and to really walk into the presence of God and do business with God in this word-driven, spirit-led. Well, and what's wonderful about this is if I'm in a room of 40 guys, 30 guys, and I read a text and I say, how's your mind provoked? There's a gifting in the room. Mm -hmm. So there'll be men who exhort, men mm -hmm. who speak uh, and are it wells up within them. Uh, out of their own experiences, out of discernment. And uh, what we've seen is um, there'll be five or six guys that will speak up and say, this is what comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And whenever I, something resonates with me, the leader, I say, hey, that's really good what you just said. So it's a time for me to affirm those men mm -hmm. when they speak out. And it's a time for me to uh, kind of lead them and guide them into the conversation. And then mm -hmm. I'll say, how are we going to turn that into a prayer? And they, it's a muscle that you have to exercise some, but the more you do it, the more your men are able to do it and right. the better it gets over time. It yeah. really does. Yeah. And so simple. Yes. You know, it's like I've I, I, I thought about this so many times. I pray about our prayer meetings when I when I'm coming the prayer meeting with our elders or our, our staff or with just a group of men that I've prayed with for many, many years. And other guys leading that one now as I've kind of transitioned uh, in the leadership of the church. But uh, I pray about those meetings because I say, Lord, would you please make this an extraordinary experience for us? Because yes. I, I am done with boring prayer meetings. I just, I don't want the people in that meeting to walk be looking at their watch and and thinking oh man i you know i gotta get well, it's so here. different than just elbows and surgeries nothing wrong with sore elbows and surgery prayers yeah, but, right. but we're talking title. about yeah. praying real um verbiage of the text and turning that into shaping our minds the way we think and uh yeah it there's no there's no boring in that well, and the other thing about this, Chad, I know you've experienced this, is a simplicity for us as pastors. I, yes. don't, I don't have to walk into this room, uh, you know, having developed some elaborate message that will provoke them. The Word of God is very capable of provoking them. And I, I kind of think of it like 
First Corinthians 14, when, when you get together, let one have a psalm, let one have a prayer, let, you know, et cetera. This feels very much like New Testament Christianity mm -hmm. and letting the whole body uh, function. So th yeah. this has grown, this has grown to uh, 60 men, I guess, if they all came at the same time and, and, and uh, tell, tell us how that is affecting the life of your church. Well, we have a, where we meet, since we don't have a building, we meet at a local cafe. The cafe doesn't open till six. So we meet at five for the prayer meeting. We exhort, we go through the text. And then at the end, we take just a short amount of time, maybe 10 minutes and whatever the theme of the prayer time is, such as dependence upon God or whatever it might be, I'll have them break up in twos. And I'll say, hey, why don't you share something that you have a need in your life with a brother and just pray for one another. Share it with each other and pray for one another. Mm -hmm. So we always end our prayer time praying for one another and sharing with one another. Well, that has become a vehicle for those men to really get to know each other in this mm -hmm. new church. And I had a young man tell me the other day, he's in his thirties. He said, you know, this is my favorite time of the week because yeah. I'm around older men who are hungry for God and have something to say. And I'm just soaking it up. He said, I've, I've been in much larger churches and never had the, the, the opportunity that I have right here on Thursday yeah. mornings. And so I think that's one of the best things it's done and we're about to go into first Timothy, which, you know, we're going to install deacons this year. Mm -hmm. And out of this, if men are faithful, available, teachable, they're going to mm -hmm. show up and to a prayer meeting. Right. So it becomes a great uh, place to just test and see what kind of men you got and how, how available they are, how faithful they are. You know, here in uh, Little Rock where I pastor, uh, we've had a movement of, citywide prayer for about, I think, 27 years across denominational. It's been a, a beautiful thing. It's ebbed and flowed, of, of course, but it's been sustained. Well, that began out of a crisis in our city, and, and a group of us started praying together, and we decided to go on a prayer summit, a four-day prayer summit. We'd heard about the prayer summit movement, and so we went away with a facilitator uh, who, who came in with no agenda except the Holy Spirit's leadership. And I thought, what in the world are we doing? How, how can we do this? Well, the first few hours on that Monday, all these pastors were re-praying their sermon from the day before. Oh, Lord, yeah. there are three things we need to know. You know, it was pathetic. And that and that made me even more nervous. That afternoon, somebody in that group got honest and shared their heart. And it just opened this floodgate. And guys began to confess and weep and walk over, put their arms around a guy and pray over them. And and this facilitator just gently guided that a little bit. By that night, I had 25 blood brothers. Yes are my blood brothers to this day. And I realized something, you cannot organize unity. But if you get a group of men and women, whatever the group is, into the throne room of God, unity happens. Real spiritual unity happens. Have you experienced that? I absolutely believe this. In fact, 
I told you a while back, I wish I'd have been done th doing this my whole ministry. I, mm -hmm. I pastored uh, a, for a church at a church for 10 years. And at the end of that 10 years, uh, I kind of emotionally was exhausted and I ended up resigning and took a year off. And looking back, if somebody would have helped me and if I'd had the presence of mind to begin praying with men early on in that tenure, mm -hmm. I think that would have made the difference. I really yeah. do believe that would have made the difference. The unity, the connection, the camaraderie, uh, we would have uh, had our hearts attuned to scripture. Right. Um, but, but, you know, I just, uh, I did not. Didn't know it. I didn't even yeah. think to do yeah. it. I didn't even yeah. think to do it. Right. Uh, well, so. and, and, and Chad, you and I both know it's, it's astounding to me now having kind of lived in this environment. Um, how many pastors just don't pray and, and, yeah. and most of them, if they knew better, they'd do better. You know, when you talked to me initially, you said, Chad, how about your prayer? I, th I think I told you this when I was a little boy, my mom wasn't a Christian, but she taught me that now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord myself. Right. Keep prayer. I was about four years old hmm. and she just really taught me that to just hush me up and get me to go to sleep. Yeah. But what she did not understand she had no way of understanding the gravity of what she had introduced to me because mm -hmm. every night since then I'm mm -hmm. 49 and I have what Pete Scazzaro calls a secret history with God. Mm -hmm. I have a long, a little, I mean, I learned that God hears the prayers of little boys mm -hmm. on their pillow at night. And I would, those prayers when I was four five, six, ten, 10, they matured and they changed when I was 20, 30, 40, but I had a personal inner life with the Lord through prayer. Right. Uh, and that's always been a part of my life. But what mm -hmm. I had not done was welcomed other men into that yeah. the yeah. same way. And that's what this time has become. And, and in so doing, you're discipling your men. I mean, yeah. you're just literally, not only are you growing in uh, biblical understanding and practical experiential Christianity, you're giving them a tool in their hands so that they sit down with their sons at night and they pray the scripture with their sons and daughters. Well, right? this is a perfect lead-in to, we just got back from South Asia and, um, the trekking guide that I was with was a Christian man. He works uh, as a translator. And I asked him on the first day, what's the biggest need in your life? And he said, discipleship. And, uh, and so I told him about praying with men through mm. scripture. And he asked me, he said, would you do that tonight with our group? Mm. Would you, would you, when we finish the day, would you do that? So for the next several nights, we would take a passage like Donald Whitney's book and we would read it. I would, and I just modeled it for him. I showed him how to do it. And, mm -hmm. and we worked our way and, and all, and we had translation, you know, barriers, but they wow. would talk and they would share their thoughts. And then I would ask them, Hey, would you pray that uh, through the translator? And they mm -hmm. would pray. And uh, it was so powerful. And on the last night I told this young man, I said, tonight, I want you to lead the group. Yeah, and he was, he was so that. nervous and, uh, but he did an incredible job. And when he was finished, he said, when I get home, I'm going to lead my family like this from now on. That's and that right. was just so perfect, you know, yeah. of a moment. 
Chad, you shared a letter with me or email or something from, I think, a pastor in your area that's come to some of your prayer meetings. Uh, would you tell us about that? We're coming to close here, but just tell us about that uh, as we wind it down here. Well, we've, we've had different people come. We had a guy drive the other day from Clinton. He said, I'm having a hard time getting... He said, I don't think I get, by the way. Yeah. He said, I don't think I could get 40 men to come on Wednesday on Monday night for a barbecue. And yeah. you're getting these guys to come for prayer at 5 a.m. I said, Well, um, all I know is God's doing something in this prayer meeting. Um, mm -hmm. and and so um listening to these guys, we've had multiple guys come, and then just recently a guy uh who works in town but pastors a church, we have three different churches um guys that come in and and get it and then take it back to their church and i've got a guy named shannon who he's been doing this on wednesday nights he's turned his wednesday night uh service into this kind of prayer meeting and he wow. come the other day and told me he said it is going excellent in fact he's taken our our uh second timothy uh because yeah. we've done it 40 prayer meetings and uh what i do is when i get done with those prayer meetings i go back to the house and I just write out what happened in the prayer meeting and the questions and the thoughts that came to mind according to these couple of passages. And mm. so I've kind of tried to capture some of the things these men have said, the insights that the Lord has given us. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, do you have that, that letter or email uh, from the guy that uh, told you what, what this was doing in his life? He said this, he said, uh, I have prayed the words of my father, my brother, my pastor. I've prayed the same words uh, every Sunday, every holiday, uh, throughout all these 51 years. Mm -hmm. And he said, but um, this prayer meeting has changed my view of prayer. It's not about my words. It's about mm -hmm. his word. It's about entering into his presence. And he mm -hmm. said, um, I have more peace than any time in my life um, as God has been working in him in these prayer meetings. Another guy told me the other day, he said, Chad, I don't think I've ever read the Bible this way. Yeah. And I think reading the Bible collectively with a group of men, yeah, there is powerful. something that the body of Christ does. And when we're reading together and because it's multi, you know, some sort of insight that another brother has shares and it provokes you. And so he was telling me the other day, he said, I've been in church all my life and mm. never prayed like this. Mm. Another guy, um, Chris, he said, I'm, I'm a, a younger, he's a younger man. He said, it's the, my favorite time of the week to meet with these older men. And we got several young men too, but a lot mm. of these older men have taken on a role. They sit at one of the tables with some of the younger men. And they pray over them and they listen and they speak into their lives. Yeah. And so that's become um, really a great joy because I think now, if I were to die today, these men would keep on praying. I started a, a prayer meeting just like this in Norman, Oklahoma, 1980. I left that church in 90. And a guy told me the other day from that church that that prayer meeting is still going on. Yeah, I love it. Now, that's been, what, 40 years? And these men are, it's just carrying it on, you know, because you, you, you just place something in their hands that anybody can do. Anybody can lead. And, yes. and, and just think about this. Most men 
have they do not read their Bibles and they do not pray. Well, this is the bread and butter of the Christian life. Mm -hmm. and help them in a corporate setting to learn how to just read the Bible, but read it in an experiential way and a way in which they connect to God and bring God into the equation of their life. I've often said the most powerful person in the room is the person who prays because yeah. everybody else is just themselves. But if you start praying, you bring God into the equation and everything changes. All the resources of God are at your disposal. I know, Chad, uh, you've mentioned a couple of times here, and, and I love this book. I, I give it out. I, I uh, recommend it all the time. Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney is yeah. a great resource. You know, he's got a quote, and I like this quote. He talks about uh, words coming in, in gallons through the pipe, like a current of information coming through our mind. Over, And he says, if, if it goes through so fast, you don't absorb anything, mm -hmm. then there's no real nutrients or um, substance for the soul. Yeah. And this is one thing that I would say that our guys uh, have really benefited from is we don't take large passages. We mm -hmm. take a couple of verses and mm -hmm. like my old pastor used to say, we chew the cud. Yeah, uh, right. We take time and really mm -hmm. we, we get the nutrients out of it. We spend time in it slowly and we wait on the Lord to hear from the Lord in this text. And mm -hmm. as a result, those guys have, I mean, we're starting our third book of the Bible and really in a short amount of time, in a way, 60 weeks. But those guys, if you were to ask them, hey, what is Second Timothy about? They've got a pretty good handle on Second Timothy. Yeah. Yeah. And same yeah. thing, that theme of setting in order the things that are wanting in Titus has been an incredible book for men. Yeah. Incredible. That theme of second uh, of Second Timothy finding faithful men, incredible yeah. theme for men. Well, you know, to wrap this up, uh, I think Chad, for our listeners, just think about this. What's one thing you could do that uh, helps men or women in your church? Come to understand the word of God in a real experiential way. Connect with God in a way that changes their lives and the lives of others. Develops deep, intimate community with a group of people in the, in the body of Christ. People that they will live and die for now. And, uh, and brings God into the equation of their lives. <laughs> yeah. Well, here it is. Yeah. Pray the word of God. You know, Daniel Henderson uh, often uses the phrase uh, uh, spirit-led, scripture-fed, worship-based prayer. Mm. I love that definition. It's spirit-led. We're going to listen to the spirit, let him literally pray through us, but it's going to be scripture-fed. So we're going to take the word of God. We're going to be constantly praying the word of God, and you're doing that in a very methodical way, which is is so beautiful. And then worship base, we're, we're turning our attention to the Lord. We're singing if we, you know, we've done that in a lot of our prayer meetings, I'm sure you have, uh, but also just we're worshiping him. We're, we're genuinely, you know, Jesus said, enter into closet, shut the door and pray to your father. We're aware and conscious of his presence. I try to do that at every prayer meeting. I try to open yeah. the prayer meeting with a, with just a, small nugget of what prayer is 
Yeah. And so I'm always, I've, I've read more books on prayer this year than yeah. any time in my life because I'm right. constantly looking for uh, more meaning, more, more things to be I'm able to encourage. Mm -hmm. And so we'll start with just maybe a, a just one thought. I want to remind you today that mm -hmm. prayer is entering in. Yeah. It's entering okay. into the presence of God. Yeah. Uh, those kinds of things and just speak into it and remind them what we're doing here yeah. and enter into the text. And I, I'll put in a shameless plug here too. I know you mentioned it early in our conversation, but our little book, Simply Prayer, yeah. was written to help people practically know how to enter into the presence of the Lord, enter into the throne room. But people don't know how to get into the throne room and they don't know what to say when they get in there. And mm -hmm. Jesus, of course, uh, when his disciples said, Lord, we don't know how to pray. Would you teach us how to do this? He said, yeah. And he spent more time talking about how to get in than he did our Father who art in heaven, the content of, of our prayers. So that's in our book, our little book, Simply Prayer. You know uh, something, too, about the prayer meeting that um, talking about just having the confidence to pray? Uh, over the time we've had men speak up that didn't speak up in the beginning, yeah. but there are men that are very inhibited to speak in front of everyone else. Mm -hmm. But what I usually do is when someone has something to say about the text, then they have spoken up. So I know that they're the type of person that would be willing to, to pray. Yeah. And that's just a practical thing. Uh, so I don't call on men to pray that haven't spoken up to the text. Mm -hmm. uh, and what that's allowed is there's a group of guys that, um, you know, they're very comfortable to come in there and listen. I'm going to, I'm going to end us here with one story. Okay. So my dad pastored in a small town. I was born in a little town, lumber town called Fordyce, Arkansas, mm -hmm. south of Little Rock. He had a, started a 530 prayer meeting at the lumber mill and that grew kind of in the same way that that yours has grown, Chad, and the same results. Uh, God called many men to preach out of that, missionaries. Uh, one of our great missionaries of our denomination came out of that lumber mill prayer time. Hmm. There was a man in there who sold clothes at a men's clothing store, and he stuttered real bad. And uh, he never said a word, and he got embarrassed about that. He came to my dad and and he said, I, I'm so embarrassed that I can't pray. He said, well, look, he said, sometimes when you just feel up to it, just say out loud, say, thank you, Lord. And several months later, they were all praying together. And, and Red Baker was his name, said, thank you, Lord. He huh. discovered when he prayed that he didn't stutter. Huh. And then he began to start praying more regularly. And then God called him to preach. And my first job on a church staff, Red Baker was my pastor. Hmm. He mentored me. But it all started at a prayer meeting where a man who, who had never really connected with God just let a few simple words of thanks come out of his lips. And God took him into a whole new dimension for his life. So I just, uh, Chad, this has been so rich today. So grateful for your time with us. And uh, why don't you just close us with a with just a brief word of prayer? Would you do that? Father, we just come before you and 
we know that you've not made this complicated for us. We couldn't handle complicated. Mm-hmm. It needs to be simple. And so, God, we just enter into your presence and ask that you would uh, teach us and lead us. And Lord, we know as leaders that uh, when we um, set outside time and, and prioritize prayer and welcome people into it, Lord, they're ready. People mm-hmm. are ready to be led into prayer. Right. And, and so, God, I just pray that you would give us the unction and give us the, the promptings and open the doors, open hearts, open heaven, Lord, and pour out your spirit upon all flesh. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Chad, thanks again. This has been pure gold and just so grateful. And may the Lord just continue to bless. Uh, I know there are attacks to that, and we pray for protection to your men as they pray together and for you personally. And uh, may it just continue to grow as you, you, you seek to make God's house really a house of prayer. And one cry, folks, thanks for joining us, and I hope you'll tune in next week as we cry out to the Lord. 